From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about putting together your estate plan as you strengthen your financial intimacy and financial future. And there's a quote from Alan Lakin that says, planning is bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. Mm-hmm. And as we talk about you know, taking care of your financial future, that's exactly what we're doing. We're bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it right now. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And really, a hug is an opportunity for us to celebrate you, to celebrate what you've done in your marriage, and, and to celebrate taking action in your marriage. That's and right. This hug comes from a post that was put up in the One Family Facebook group that starts with, we have finished our 30-day challenge. Way to go. What a ride. From where we started to where we are now is a massive difference. We talked about more things in the past month than we have in years, both hmm. sexual and non-sexual. We still have work to do on our emotional pillar, as we always do, but the journey has started. Takeaways, lube is a must, as is mentioned many times on the show. <laughs> One of the things that I noticed is that around week two to week three, I no longer had to think to initiate conversations. It happened organically. Although I still struggle sometimes to start conversations due to a brain injury, my wife is able to pick up the slack. Being intentional during the first two weeks carried over to just being normal. During the course, we both learned things about each other sexually and non-sexually that I don't think would have come up had we not done the challenge. Sometimes it felt like a chore to get the engine started in week one and two, and I was having issues reaching orgasm. I mostly gave up on getting one and was more interested in building the connection between the two of us. Mm, I love it. That's so good. I I do want to say our favorite lube, because there was a mention in that hug, for those of you who do not have it, we highly suggest you pick it up. It's called Uber Lube. You can get it at buyuberlube.com, and that's a U. B-E-R-L-U-B-E. Dot com. Dot com. There you go. All right. Well, as we're jumping into today's show, you know, and you heard at the beginning, we're talking about, you know, financial intimacy and financial future. I want to say from the outset of this show, we just have a disclaimer here that Tony and I are not financial advisors, attorneys, or estate planners. And we encourage you to consult with your own professionals to determine what is the best course of action for the two of you. And we wanted to put that up there because we've been having a lot of conversations lately with folks about taking care of your financial future. And, you know, the process looks different depending on how old you are, how old your kids are, what your assets look like. But as we started having this conversation, we kept coming back to this concept of having an estate plan. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that as young marrieds, um, not even anything that I think crossed either one of our brains. No, it was never even talked about. Yeah, I around in our circles. No, yeah, no, we were just we were just happy to be. We were twenty two and twenty three. We got married. Mm -hmm. We were just happy to be married. Let alone you know, or not even thinking about you know the future and you know what we might need to protect ourselves and that type of thing. And you know, when you get into this idea of planning your estate, you're actually you're in the process of making decisions on what's going to happen with your life after you die. Yeah, right. and I'm going to just say one thing. We, we jumped into this hot, hot and heavy. Take a deep breath. I'm going to just tell you, 
we're, we're going to be talking about some things, especially around estate planning, where you're probably going like, well, we don't need it because of this or mm -hmm. that, or, oh my gosh, that means I got to figure out who my kids are, or my kid is going to go to. Take a deep breath. Go along for this journey with us, mm -hmm. because really our desire and hope for this episode is that it just gets the wheels turning, mm -hmm. that it gets something stirring in you so that you go, oh, wait a minute. We could start that now because setting up your estate plan isn't a one and done. It is a journey that you're mm -hmm. going to be on no matter where you are right now in your marriage. Correct. And we're going to help you through that to share with you what we have done over the last 25 years mm -hmm. and just sort of breaking it down with you. So I just want you to know, just stick with us. It, it, it is a bigger, it is a bigger topic, but we have to address our financial intimacy. Absolutely. It is one of the six pillars. It's one that tends to have cracks, especially in this in area. And it is our job as your hosts here at One Extraordinary Marriage to make sure that you are set up to strengthen this pillar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll admit it. I, I, you know, I don't like to talk about being dead. I don't like to talk about the idea of dying. I don't like to, you know, even the concept of being incapacitated, which is really, you know, when you look at an estate plan, it's making provision for all of those eventualities. And, you know, in doing this, you know, it's not comfortable. I, I will tell you, I still have this very vivid memory before Tony and I even started having kids that I would die young. Like I, I can still place this in the apartment that we lived in Rancho Santa Margarita. But we have broken that off. We have broken it. But I'm just saying I can remember it. And so like for me talking about death it was always kind of one of those things where I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. oh, like what are we doing? And you know, this concept of an estate plan, first of all, when you get married in your early twenties, an estate plan sounds like something that old people do. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. Mm -hmm. Um the truth of the matter is, is that in the last two years, with everything that we have all had to collectively go through as a society, having some key components of an estate plan, and we're going to be going over those in today's show, I would say are absolutely 100% necessary. Absolutely. For every single person listening to the show, regardless mm -hmm. of whether or not you think you have assets, regardless of whether you've got debt, regardless of any of this, like take this to heart. Because we don't want a single couple to be in a place when their spouse either becomes incapacitated due to health reasons or does die. And, and that part is an inevitability. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to burst some bubbles right now. That, that is an inevitability. To not have had these conversations and to not know what the answers are. Mm -hmm. Because it becomes a lot. Like guys, when, you know, when we had our first son. Well, um, we only have one son. Oh, yeah. Well. W one passed. So yeah. When our first child was born, let there me we rephrase go. that. Um, like we didn't have anything in place, right? We kind of had a little bit of conversation around guardianship, but we're just kind of like, I'm like, I'm just ignoring that conversation. I don't want to deal with it. We had small life insurance policies and we we're sort of like, okay, you know what? Like, like we've checked the box. We've got life insurance. Mm -hmm. If something happens, like, like he'll be good. And that's six years into our marriage because we got married. We didn't have our oldest Alex until uh, we were six years married. Right. So that's zero to six years. Nothing. Nothing. And then once Alex was born, uh, we we moved from Spokane, Washington, down here to San Diego. I actually had met uh, an insurance guy because I was starting up my other business and I needed some insurance. And I happened to just get my uh, commercial mm -hmm. uh, general liability through him. And then I began to talk to him a little bit and I'm like, Hey, you know, because at that point in time I was still listening to Dave Ramsey and listening to the term life insurance. And I just talked to him about it. He goes, yeah, we can get you set up with something. 
that was the beginning for us mm-hmm. in this thing that we call our financial future, this thing that we call our estate plan was number one, we got term life insurance policies on both myself and Elisa. And that's where we were at that point in time. And, you know, we like I actually kind of felt, you know, super grown up. I'm like, okay, I've got a life insurance policy. You know, I'm grown up now. And, you know, this will be good because if anything ever happens to us, Alex is provided for. Sort of, kind of. Because if all he has is a life insurance policy, like if, if all your children have is your life insurance policy and you have not set up guardianship, um, then yes, they have the money coming to them, but who they who is actually going to distribute that and manage that is still a gigantic question mark. And you know, fast forward three years after that um, tragic loss within our family, extended family, where Tony's cousin, um, her husband, died tragically in an incident out at Lake Mead, and that was the wake up call because mm-hmm. at that point in time, Alex was three and a half, Abby was six months old, and I thought, oh my gosh. What happened? And her husband was the the primary um, caregiver, primary caregiver for their kids. And all of a sudden he was gone. Tiny little life insurance policy, which is what I had at the point in time. And what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. And it makes you start thinking about like, oh, my gosh, like what, what about our kids? Who's going to raise them? And, and what about like if something happens to you and like, how do I know what you want to get? Like, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be on life support? Like these are all like really awkward, uncomfortable questions. Hmm. And they're not questions that like you sit in premarital and people are like, hey, so you need to talk about like, you know, what happens at the end of your life. Nobody says that in premarital. That would be weird. Yeah. So at this point in time in our lives, I went back to our insurance guy and I said, you know what? I want to increase our term life insurance policies. And he and I are talking and I go... And how we had set it up before and everything I had always heard is you're, you're going to give the larger amount of that policy to the main income earner mm-hmm. where the, in our situation, I was the sole provider. Elisa was staying home with the kids. That was a decision we had made and she had the smaller policy. What we realized though, in this passing of my cousin's husband was that without him there, There is a tremendous load on my cousin because now she had to be the caregiver and she had to be the provider and she had no funds coming in from a a policy. So I went to my insurance guy and I said, this is what we're doing. I'm increasing my policy and I'm increasing Elisa's policy to match my policy. And he looked at me and he goes, why? I've never seen this before. And I said, Bruce, this is why. And guess what? We've had that policy. We've had both of those policies matched ever since then. Mm -hmm. And it gives me peace of mind, even though our kids are older now and I could adjust them. It was during those years though, that if something were to happen to Elisa, I could have walked away from my business. Not that I wanted to, but I could have, I could have walked away from my business and we as a family would have had enough money to go and move on. And I would have been able to care for my children mm-hmm. instead of having to work and then try to have somebody here watching them, taking care of them. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a shift that we made. And at that same point in time, that's when we said, it's time for us to start looking at an estate plan. Well, absolutely. And 
it, it was some of the hardest conversations. You want to talk about building your emotional intimacy and your financial oh, intimacy. Goodness, yes. At the same time, we touch about this a little bit in um, the Six Pillars of Intimacy book on pages 112 and 113. But getting into this concept of the estate plan, right? What is what does that plan encompass? Because a lot of times, like I know in my 20s, I would hear this phrase. And again, I told you, I thought, thought it sounded like something that only old people have, right? Like your estate, you know, and, and I didn't know what I didn't know. And it turns out that I'm not alone. Uh, because we asked the question, you know, how many of you know what's involved in creating an estate plan? And only 28% of you said that you do. And only 25% of you said that you actually have one. So us doing this show and, and you hanging in here and not having, you know, click to the next show or, or you click to a different show, it, it actually bears out that maybe there are some folks out here that need to be listening because I will tell you your estate plan is actually one of the biggest gifts that you can give to your spouse. And your family. And your family. You know, and there are some different components in here. And, and I get it. You know, depending on where you are and how old your kids are, you know, some of this can just be like, oh, my gosh, do we have to think about it? But I, I'm actually going to I'm going to say, yes, you do. And I know from the responses on why a lot of you don't have one, it's because, well, we didn't want to think about it or we've procrastinated or we haven't made the time. You you actually don't can't afford not to make the time. Mm hmm for this because when you start thinking about having a will and a trust and your power of attorney and your medical directives and your beneficiary designations like all of this it matters to the people that you leave behind and i just want to go over those again for you just so you hear them so the five components of an estate plan are your will your trust your power of attorney your health or medical directive your power of attorney there and your beneficiary dis designations Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we want to just help you guys see, we want to put some, we want to put some definition around this, some meat around those bones. So like, if you hear people tossing them out, like I did when I was, you know, first married, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Right. Getting into this place of going, Oh, at least I've heard about it. I have an understanding. Right. And you know, so the first one, a will, that's the document, the legally bonding document that directs who's going to receive your property and your assets after you die. Y you got stuff. Right. And even if you think you don't have stuff, like I actually had some people say, you know, I don't, we don't have any assets. You might actually have things that you want to designate who's going to get that. And the will generally, this is where the guardianship gets, uh, gets attached. Right. And guardianship is a really big word for parents mm -hmm. with kids. Cause it means you have to figure out who in your world you actually want to take your children after you die. Let me tell you why this is so important. If you die, depending on your state, caveat there, depending on your state, if you have not designated a guardian for your child, listen up parents, the state that you live in will make the determination for you in court. I wasn't willing to take that risk. My, my kids matter too much for me to let some court appointed somebody mm -hmm. determine who's best to raise them for the rest of their life when I'm gone, when Tony's gone, right? The trust, that's the arrangement in which the property is held on behalf of the beneficiaries. Right. And again, if you don't want your state deciding who gets your stuff, put it in a trust because otherwise the state through probate gets to administer all of your things. And, you know, it's up to the courts to decide again, not doing that. So those are the first two. Let's talk about the last three and what you can do to get started after this break. Stress, hormone changes and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. 
OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. And as we're talking about those five key components of an estate plan, number three is power of attorney. And this is, this is designating a person to step in and manage your affairs should you become ill or incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, a lot of trust. This is where a lot of those conversations, who do you trust to manage your affairs in the event that you're not able to? Right. You know, in our estate plan, Tony and I are our first, we are the power of attorney for one another, but we actually have subsequent designators for this. In the event that something happens to both of us at the same time, mm-hmm. we need to have somebody to have directive over everything that's going on. Absolutely. And eventually, as years go on, these will change, mm-hmm. right? When your kids are small, th- these look different than when they're teenagers and then when they're adults. As we get older, these are going to change from mm-hmm. one individual, in, in our own case, from certain individuals to eventually it's going to be our children. Right. Y- you know what I mean? Eventually, our kids are going to have this power of attorney because they're our next of kin. Mm-hmm. And we trust them. And we trust them. We trust them. That is it. The next one there is the healthcare director. It's sometimes called a medical power of attorney. And and I want to say is with the power of attorney and the healthcare directive, these are the two that regardless of whether you think you have assets, regardless of whether you think you have anything else, these are the two that in the last two years, um, I think have become more important than ever, mm-hmm. right? With COVID, with all of this, you know, the power of attorney who can step in and manage your affairs, the medical uh, power of attorney, healthcare directive that allows someone to make healthcare decisions on your behalf, mm-hmm. right? I will tell you, our son, when he turned 18, part of his 18th birthday present was that we put this in effect for him. Why? Because he turned 18 in 2020, COVID year. I was not sending my son off to college without the ability to be able to know what's going on with him medically or have power of attorney should anything happen to him while he was away. Mm -hmm. And I would actually encourage all parents before you send your kids off to college. That's just a little like, don't be caught unaware. The last one there is, you know, setting up your beneficiary designations. And, you know, this is, okay, who's going to get your benefits, (laughs) right? Whether it's on your life insurance policies, whether it's on your retirement plans, like every single one of these components, it's not just a matter, you like you like we did, we set these up when we were 30 and 31, I think was the first, no, 33, I think mm-hmm. was the first time that we, we 
did this. I was 33. You were 32. Okay. That was how old we were when we first did it. We have changed and revisited it twice Mm -hmm. in the last 16 16 16 years. years. Yeah. And and that was because we went through some major things as far as family relationships when it came to guardianship and things like that. Power of attorney, people that were in our life. Um, And again, when Alex was turning 18, we did this big overhaul of just revisiting all of the documents. But here's the thing. You can do this. You can. Absolutely, you can. You know, it's not... It's not this big thing that is just for old people. Tony and I are not old. We have an estate plan. We know people younger than us that have an estate plan, that have power of attorney, that have actually taken the step to go, you know what? I'm actually going to do this adulting thing well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this well for my marriage. And and the first thing is to acknowledge that there's going to be some tough conversations. Yeah, you're going to definitely be strengthening your emotional intimacy. You know, when you're talking about who you would want to handle your affairs, should you not be able to, you're going to have a lot of conversations about trust. When you talk about who you would want to raise your children in the event that you both are gone, give yourselves grace for this conversation. Some of you may know immediately and you may both be in agreement. Some of you may have to go back and forth and be like, why would this person? And let's really get to who would be in the best interest of our children. We had the, it's been tough Mm -hmm. as we've gone through this. This is the one thing where I think what needs to happen here is the start. Mm Mm-hmm process, set a time to to come back together Mm -hmm. and make that not months, make that more like a week where you have time to process who do we have, who's our one, two, three Mm -hmm. for each of you, and then be able to think through that and then come back together and go, okay, who's your one, two, three? Here are my one, two, threes. How do we come in an agreement and put our one, two, three? Absolutely. So you start with acknowledging that there's going to be some hard conversations. Secondly, find a professional that you can trust, you know, somebody who is going to be available and able to answer your questions and and go on this journey with you. Um, The attorney that we initially had set up, I mean, we'd get, you know, once a year emails just to remind us to update all of our paperwork. She was always available for, you know, questions, conversation, you know, just help and guidance all along. And no question was a bother, even if, you know, she probably was rolling her eyes going, I can't believe somebody's asking me this, but I just had a lot of questions. Yeah. And you want somebody that you trust and that you can work with. Number three, start small right? You're not going to tackle your entire estate plan in one evening. There's a lot, especially if you have children and if you have assets, like you have to think about and in designating, you know, who the power of, like there's a lot of things to consider. And so give yourselves the understanding that it's going to take a little bit of time. And remember, remember that this is a gift to your future self to have it all spelled out. Because when you're dealing with financial decisions in the future, when you're dealing with medical decisions, you know, knowing how your spouse, like, you know, in a place of incapacitation, you know, do you, having the conversations around do not resuscitate, mm-hmm. having the conversations, do you want to be buried or cremated? Like, these are real conversations that Tony and I have already had. Like, I know the answers. I, I know about- And even if we don't remember the answers, they're all written down. They're all in the document. We know where to find the document, right? But, and, and yes, we are kind of laughing about this because Tony's like, I, I know as soon as he said it, he's like, I don't remember what her answers are. I know that was the thought that went through him. No, you want, you want to be cremated okay. and do not resuscitate. There you go. I, I remember those. Absolutely. We, we both agreed on those. Although I think we are a little different at times, but um, we, we definitely both wanted at this last time 
do not resuscitate mm -hmm. and cremate me and um, put me somewhere fun. <laughs> and when you've had that conversation, it makes, oh, let me back up. You don't do an estate plan for yourself. Putting together an estate plan is not something that you're like, okay, well, I'm checking this off because I am amazing and, you know, high five to me. And yes, you should high five one another when you're done because it is such a relief to get it done the first time. Mm -hmm. But your estate plan, and I've seen this happen time and time again with different family members, um, when there have been medical crises, to know that they'd already had the conversations around the healthcare directive and whatnot. It is a gift to those who are in the most stressful full of sadness time to know exactly what you wanted. It is actually saying, and the state plan is actually saying, I love you and I care so much about you that I was willing to do all this hard work before you needed it. Mm -hmm. As the final way of saying, I love you and I'm taking care of you. And I'm not even sure why I'm so emotional right now, except that I know that when we finished ours, and I've shared this on the show before, but never so wrapped into the show. I remember looking at Tony and saying, a little bit tongue-in-cheek humor. I remember a little saying, snarky. A little snarky. I said, okay, you can die now. And you know, here we are in our early 30s. It's not exactly what a young man wants to hear from his wife. But I remember thinking in that moment, I know exactly what would happen. I know how I would be provided for. I know what his wishes are. And I never have to be in a place where I have to question that. Or I have to wonder, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing what he would want? And that's, that has given me such a piece around our financial intimacy for all of these years. And even as we redid it with, with Alex becoming a, you know, a legal adult at 18 and, and us knowing that Abby is just a couple years behind him and having these conversations again and going, okay, what does this look like for us? Uh -huh. What does our financial future look like? What do we need to you know, bring into our trust? What do we need to make sure who's, who's going to be handling our life in the event that we can't? And I will tell you, don't think that you're too busy. Don't think that you've got all these days ahead of you. Don't think that it's not that important because it is. It absolutely 100% is. It is. So it's your, it's your day to start. And that's why we wanted to give you a quick overview of where we were. And I want you to know that you have to start somewhere. So if it's just that term life insurance policy, Go get it. And you may be thinking, oh, well, we don't have assets and this and that. You know what? Just the peace, if something were to happen, that your spouse has money to do a proper burial for mm -hmm. you. It actually costs quite a bit of money to <laughs> to take care of somebody after they've died. A absolutely. It does. I, I, you, I've, you'd I've be shocked. Mm -hmm. You would be shocked. If you just Googled what does an average burial cost, I think it's somewhere in the vicinity of like $10,000, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. And minimum and caskets are expensive. If you go that route, if you go that route, but even cremation, it's got a dollar. It, like these things all have dollar tags attached to them. Mm -hmm. So at least start there and start the process for those of you who are going, well, we don't have any assets. I get it. I hear you. There was a time when that's where Elisa and I were. And yet think about what it would mean to have a power of attorney a healthcare directive. Those are the things that matter in this time. So don't let your limited, your limited belief system of we don't have assets to not do this mm -hmm. because there's more implications to this than just your assets. Mm -hmm. So go get started. Make sure that 
this is your week. This is your week to go, you know what? We are going to strengthen our financial intimacy pillar. We are going to take action Mm. on our financial future. And for each of you, it may be different. For some of you, it may just be picking up the phone and going like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to my buddy who he told me he did an estate plan and get that phone number. Go do it. For others of you, it is just calling your insurance agent or or looking online and going, you know what? We're going to get a term life insurance. For others of you who've been working through this, get it done. Get it done. Cross Cross the T's, dot the I's, get the signature. Let's get this thing done wherever you're at. Our desire is that you will be strengthening your financial intimacy pillar this week. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.